be reading from Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 14. What shall we say? Shall we go on, no, go on sinning that, so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in, in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of it, all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live in a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under law but under grace. To echo what everyone else has said, good morning. It's good to be back. You know, it's interesting, when I got off the plane on Friday afternoon, I, it really felt like I was coming back home, so that's a good sign. Uh, Chase says hi from the East Coast, so I figured I'd mention that as well, so... It was a good trip out east and uh, much-needed time together with my wife. So, so the reading we just had a, a moment ago, uh, you might remember these verses from two weeks ago. We talked about these verses for our lesson. We studied them. And uh, we talked about being dead to sin since we died to it when we were baptized into Christ. We put, we put sin to death in the waters of baptism, and we became alive for God, living our lives for him rather than ourselves. Well, the rest of chapter 6, Paul continues with that same mindset. He's talking about that same thing. And we're going to look at a couple of things as we go through these verses. But first, let me just mention that some of the material I have in my lesson, I've used from another person. Uh, uh, it's not, I'm not going to claim that this is all my material. Some thoughts, just some thoughts. Uh, from another person's lesson, and this person had done such a good job that I thought I would use some of his thoughts. So let's start with verse 15 of Romans chapter 6. Verse 15. 
So Paul goes on, he continues his thought, he says in verse 15, he says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. So Paul was saying, since we're saved by grace, since we're saved by this love and mercy from God, which we don't deserve, does that mean that we can willfully sin as much as we want and God is just going to continue by no means? God didn't give us a license to sin. When God forgave us, he expected us to deal with sin, to to get it under control. We have been freed from sin. We were a slave to it, and that's what we're talking about this morning. Who is your master? We're talking about slave being your ma- uh, sin being your master or Jesus being your master. Which one is your master? So we were a slave to sin. Paul wanted his Christian audience to understand that they were not to continue to live sinfully the way they did before they came to Christ. And that's the problem he's dealing with here in Romans chapter 6. He's talking to these Christians, and they're still living the same way they were before they came to Christ. And Paul's not seeing change, and there has to be change there. And so, they needed to change. They could not continue to live sinfully. And that was his point also, you might remember, in the very first two verses of Romans chapter 6. In which Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And that's Paul's point. How can you continue to live in sin? You should be taking care of that. You shouldn't continue to live like that. They were not to live in sin any longer. And neither are we. We're supposed to make changes. We need to walk with God as we're told that Noah did. Back in chapter 6, verse 9 of Genesis, as Enoch did in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, we're to walk with God, we're not to walk with sin. We're not to walk hand in hand with sin. We're not to commit a planned sin, something deliberate, not just a mistake. Obviously, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall from time to time, and we have that forgiveness when those times come. But we're not to have planned sin. Uh, One of the verses that came out in one of the songs we sang. It talked about secret sin, and that's kind of what we're talking about. We should not have secret sin. And so we're not to plan, have to commit planned sin, something deliberate, not just a mistake. We are to work hard at breaking sin cycles. You might remember I mentioned that two weeks ago, that we are to work hard at breaking sin cycles. Break those patterns. Say if, if, if our problem is dealing with something on the internet, then Shut your computer off. Get out the door. Go get a coffee at Tim Hortons or something. Break those sin cycles. There's ways to do it. Believe me. So listen to what Paul said in verse 16. Let's read verse 16 together. And he says this. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to to righteousness. So people in Rome back in the first century were used to being around a huge number of slaves. So you could see slaves walking around in, in the major cities in, in, in the Roman Empire. And a slave knew who he was to serve, his master. He didn't think of serving anyone else, just faithfulness to the one master. But what if his master decided to sell him to another owner? The slave would end up with a new master, and he would be expected to serve the new owner just as faithfully as he once did his last master, his last owner. 
But would the slave run off to his old master once in a while and serve him? Does that make any sense? He's under a new master. He's not going to run back to the old master and, hey, hey, can I clean up your house? Well, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen, right? And so it's not likely, it's not acceptable. So a slave knew the master that he was serving. He's serving a new master. He's not to go back to the old master. And this is what it's like under grace. Our old master, sin, had us serving sin, which leads to death. Death is the end result. But we have a change of masters. We serve Jesus now, and he has us serving him, which leads to righteousness. And righteousness is the end result. So we have two different masters. We have two different end results. It's not logical for us to run off once in a while and serve the old master, sin, especially when the old master wants to lead us to death. Does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense to run off to the old master when the old master wants to lead us to death. We are not supposed to serve two masters. And so we need to realize that Jesus is the one we serve. He is the new master that we are to be loyal to and to be faithful to. Take a look at verses 17 and 18 now. 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So slaves in Rome in the first century, they didn't have a choice who they wanted to serve. They had to serve a master, one master, not two, not three, just one. And they didn't have a choice. But we have a choice between sin and Jesus. And we have that choice. Like Paul's audience, when we obeyed that form of teaching to which we were entrusted, we were set free from sin. And we have become slaves to righteousness. Now, take, take a listen to this. The New American Standard Bible, verse 17, says this. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. English Standard Version. But thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin. You who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. So we see two things that come up. We see it's obedient from the heart. It comes from the heart. And we see form of teaching or either worded standard of teaching to which you were committed. Well, the Greek word translated as obeyed in the NIV or translated as became, become obedient in the other two translations means to conform to a command or authority. So let me say that again. To conform to a command or authority. So Paul's audience had conformed to the form of teaching to which they were entrusted. We also have conformed to the form of teaching to which we were entrusted. We conformed to Christ's authority. We faithfully accepted the gospel, and by doing so, we voluntarily and willingly underwent a change of masters. Let me say that again. We voluntarily and willingly underwent a change of masters. We've chosen to move away from sin, and we've chosen Jesus as our master. And the best part is, unlike slavery back in the days of Rome, our hearts were involved in this decision. You know, think about slaves back in the first century in Rome. They didn't have a choice. But our hearts are involved in the choice. We get to choose. It comes from the heart. And we're involved in this ownership change. 
And when we are, we become committed to the new master willingly. It's a choice that we made. We willingly decided to accept Jesus as our new master. We agreed to this arrangement. And it is not acceptable to serve the old master once in a while. Just like that mindset of slavery, it's not acceptable. It is not okay to serve the old master once in a while. We serve a new master. He's the one that we have to follow, Jesus. We have been set free from sin, and we should not desire to go back to it. Why would you want to? We're under a new master. We're under Jesus. Why would you want to go back to the old master? Take a look at verse 19 now. So notice the language that Paul uses here. He says, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. So Paul made it clear that those who are in Christ should keep themselves free from sin. God's grace is not a license to sin. So some of us here might agree that when we served the old master, we served him well. I could tell you before I was a Christian, I served the old master very well. But I appreciate the master that I serve now. And so there are things that I carry around with me because as a result of this, which I'm going to talk about just after I read verses 20 and 21. But under our new master, our lives are to grow in righteousness, which leads to holiness. We're to serve our new master, Jesus, with just as much loyalty as we serve the old one. We must remember that our new owner or master is the one who died for us. That should be an incentive for us to do what pleases him rather than ourselves. Think about it. Our new master is the one that died for us to make it possible for us to have that choice to choose the new master and to get away from sin. So that, let that be your incentive to work hard at pleasing him. Take a look at verses 20 and 21 now. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Well, one of the great challenges we face as Christians is the guilt that we drag around from our previous life. Guilt over the things we did in the past when we served the old master. And those are the things that I still struggle with today, is that guilt. Every once in a while, the guilt comes back. And I just tell myself, no, I'm not going to let that get to me. I know who I serve. I know I've been forgiven. And that's what we need to do. We have to tell ourselves, no, we're forgiven people. If God has forgiven you, then you need to forgive yourself, right? That's the danger. That's the problem we have, that we can't forgive ourselves even after God has forgiven us. And so we carry guilt around. We drag that around like a a ball and chain sometimes. But think about this. Sin always promises a good time. I, I appreciate what Paul was saying at the Lord's table. Sin always promises a good time. And there's danger with that. We need to realize that when we serve sin, eventually there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be disappointment, and then comes the guilt. As Paul said in verse 21, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? You know, think about some of you might feel the same way, that maybe you drag some things around from your previous life and you feel guilty over those things. Well, think about what he said. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. He's talking about spiritual death. He's talking about separation from God. The benefits we get from following a sinful life instead of following God our difficulties, disappointment, guilt, and spiritual death. But 
Take a look at the last two verses now, verses 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So being a slave to God and walking with God and walking in his ways, it leads to holiness. And the benefits are many. Let me list off just a handful of benefits that we get from following God, from putting Jesus as our master. We get to have a close relationship with our master. Think about slaves in the first century. Many of them didn't have any kind of close relationship with their master. They just served them. They just waited on them hand and foot. But there was no real close relationship. But we get to have a close relationship with our master. We get to look forward to a new home, heaven. It'll be a place better than the one we have now. We get to look forward to a spiritual body that will never die again. And we read about First Corinthians chapter 15. Our bodies will be raised and changed. We'll have a spiritual body, a glorious body like Jesus. Number four, we get to look forward to a life free from sin and pain and suffering. The stuff that we deal with in this life, we won't be dealing with these things in heaven. It'll be a wonderful life. And the final point, it's a wonderful life that we get to live forever. We're promised eternal life. That's what we're told in the second part of verse 23. Eternal life. A life we get to live forever, never having to worry about death ever again. And these are only some of the benefits. God promises much more, much, much more. Does sin promise any of these things that I mentioned? Does sin promise to give you all these things? Well, the first master promises you wonderful things if you obey him, but it all leads to death. That's the pay sin gives out for serving him. That's the pay you get. That's the wages you get for serving sin. But our new master also promises wonderful things if we obey him, and it all leads to a beautiful life in heaven. That's the pay he gives out for serving him. That's our wages. Which master is really the better master? Which one would you choose when you think about it, when you weigh those things together? Does it make sense to run off once in a while and serve the old master? Think about it. Does it make sense to run off and, and deliberately sin, serve the old master? It leads to death. We have to remember that. So remember the question which Paul asked his audience at the beginning of this lesson in verse 15, when he said, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. The thought here is, shall we continue to sin now that we are under grace? Are we going to keep doing it? Did, did we not, were we not forgiven? Are we going to continue to live the way that we did before? Are we going to think that God is okay with us to continue to live like that? Well, obviously we shouldn't, right? And so, God pleads with us to live holy lives. God pleads with us to make changes in our lives, to please him. Are we living in some sins still as a way of life? Are we using grace as an excuse? Are we committing the occasional deliberate sin and telling ourselves that God will just have to understand? You know, are we having that kind of an attitude? You know, is it okay to serve the old master in some ways, but not all the ways? And see, these are things that we need to think about. These are the kind of questions we should be asking ourselves on a daily basis. We need to think about them. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we need to examine ourselves and make sure we're being loyal to our master 
and Savior, Jesus, and not loyal to sin, the old master. We also need to weigh the benefits of each master and decide which one we want to follow. Is sin so inviting that you want to give up Jesus and run to sin? Is that what you want? You have to think about it. You have to, if you accept Jesus, then we need to live our lives for God. Which pay or wages would you like to receive? Think about the wages, the pay that we talked about. Which one would you like to receive? Don't let sin be your master. If you are here today and you would like to choose Jesus as your master and you'd like to do away with the old master, sin, won't you come forward, be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins so that you may put sin to death in the waters and be raised to a new life, a better life. God promises it's going to be a better life than the one we're living now. Come forward as we sing our invitation song together. Let's stand, sing our last song in the morning.